Well, good morning. It's good to see you. Thanks for coming to church. It's been quite a, a week and quite a weekend. We're, we're glad you're here. Uh, if we haven't met, my name is Mark Edwards. I'm the campus and next-gen pastor here, and I wasn't supposed to preach this weekend. Yeah, Pastor Jesse was supposed to be here to kick off our year and to uh, start our prayer and fasting, and he called me yesterday and he said, hey, uh, my throat is sore. And I said, it sounds like it, and I'm not even there. He goes, yeah, I think I'm staying home. You think you got this? I said, well, I know God's got it. So I'm still confident that God's got it and that he's got something for all of us today. And so uh, we're just glad you're here. I sure appreciate that video. Uh, that was about as authentic of family life as you could ever see, amen? <laughs> oh, that was, that was sweet. I, that's the first time I've seen it. I'll tell you what, that's just a reminder that uh, we trust God in all areas of our lives, and, and uh, we, that was fun. That was a blessing. So thanks for being here. We're, uh, we're kicking off prayer and fasting. Between now and the 29th, there's information that was either on your seat and you sat on it, or it was close to you when you sat down. There's also a supplement for uh, students and kids, for families. You can pick it up out at the counter. You can pick it up downstairs in Grace Kids. You can pick it up over in the student area uh, if you want to pick it up later. So there you have it. We're excited about what God is going to do in 2022. That rhymes. And um, most importantly today, I think we need to pause before we do anything else. Uh, one, pray for our lead pastor. Because uh, uh, I know at one of these services, he's probably going to be watching. I want him to know that we're praying for him. Uh, and many, many, many people I know personally and you know that are dealing with uh, just some difficult situations right now. And uh, let's take a minute and lift that up. But let's recognize that God's bigger. Amen? Like he's got a plan. And he knows exactly what's needed. And his, his will is perfect. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that... Um, you are in control. I thank you that you're in control of, of this service. But more importantly, you are watching over our lead pastor this morning. You're bringing healing to his body. We pray that uh, a sore throat would just be all it is. We, we're confident that we're going to see him in the weeks ahead. And we thank you that you're giving him rest and an opportunity to do that. We pray for families that we know, relatives, friends, neighbors, They're in the midst of uh, challenges, COVID-related or not. There's a lot going on in our world. So we pray for them. Pray that you'd use us. We would be instruments of your grace into their lives. Pray for healing for those who are sick. We pray for the clarity for decisions that need to be made. And, uh, and above all else, God, we'll look upon you, gaze upon you, your glory, your love, your grace that exceeds it all. We love you. We commit this service and this time to you in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Well, here we go. Are you ready? Me too, I think. We're going to be in Exodus today. And if it sounds like I'm yelling, it's only because I just get excited. I'll calm it down here in a minute. I'm a little nervous. Um, but we're going to be in Exodus. We're going to be skimming through chapter 17 through 20 a little bit. And uh, then we're going to get some application, I pray, for all of us today. Uh, yesterday when, when Jesse called me, uh, he said, you know, about a week ago, I sent you and a few other people an email to say, hey, you should always just have one ready, just in case. Okay, well, I do, but this, that wouldn't have fit today, so 
I said, well, how about if I kind of just expand on what the Lord's been sharing with me the last week and what I shared with you? He goes, I think that would be great. So you're going to hear uh, what God's been doing in my life. You're going to hear what I think he, I believe he wants us to hear today for your life personally and for the church. Does that sound good? Okay, that's what we're going to do. We're gonna, the title of this message is Seeing and Responding to God's Glory. And we're going to look at a guy who had firsthand involvement in seeing and responding to God's glory, and that's Moses. Now, Moses had quite a, a life. In fact, I, I would say it's broken up into thirds, into thirds. He lived to be about 120, I believe. And, and those thirds were growing up as, uh, in, in the palace of Pharaoh and being raised that way. That was the first third. The next third was living out in the wilderness in terms of uh, being, uh, leaving Egypt, leaving uh, the Pharaoh's uh, environment because he murdered a man. He protected a Hebrew. He ran and escaped that, and he went out and uh, tended sheep. He met his wife. Uh, he met, uh, had some children, and he hung out there for a long time. And then he met God on a mountain. And for the last third, I would say, if we were to cut to the chase, I would say the best years of Moses' life were in the desert. And you'll see why. And uh, he lived a very fulfilling life. But what he, what he grew in was understanding, seeing, and responding to God's glory. And before we go to um, chapter 17 of Exodus, I want to read a little bit from Exodus. I marked it so it would be easy. There it is. Exodus chapter 3. It'll be on the screen. Now, here's how it all began. Moses meets God for the first time, and I want you to catch this, and then we may reflect on it later if I stay with my notes. Verse 4 of chapter 3, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, meaning he saw this burning bush, Moses, if you don't know the story, Moses hears from the Lord, he sees this bush burning, and it's not being consumed. Verse 4, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Boy, that's just a reminder every time we read it of God's covenant, his promises. At this, at this Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Now, we're going to come back on this, but beginning, he is so fearful to even look upon God or into the bush where he hears the voice of God, okay? So I just want you to take that and, and just kind of pack it away over here. We're going to come back to it, okay? That's where we're going to start. Okay, now, now fast forward to chapter 17. The glory of God. A man who grew in his relationship with the Lord, who grew in his relationship with God, in his conversation with God. And the more he spent time with God, his responses became more authentic. His, his determination became more clear. Uh, his conversations were sometimes difficult, but he, he came right out from there on out, and he began to grow. Because why? He was in God's presence. He was experiencing God's glory. Exodus chapter 17. Now, I'm going to go through three chapters. I want to highlight a few verses. But in a nutshell, this is where God's had me for the last couple weeks. In fact, my Bible at home, the pages are getting worn out right in the, this area because I keep going back and forth and back and forth. You ever done devotions and then like, like you're reading through the Bible like I'm doing right now? You're reading through and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, i got to go back and read that again. 
Then you go forward, you get a little farther. I got to go back and read that again. In fact, because I wanted to make sure in this season that I stayed consistent, I, I, even though it was a little bit later at night than normal, I, I sat down later and, and did my devotions and read forward. And I went, man, that, that would work for tomorrow morning. Like it was farther in Exodus, but then I went back again. And I've been in 17 through 20, and I hope, I hope you'll catch a little bit of this of why. And these verses jump out at me because in, in chapter 17, this is where Moses, um, he brings water out of a rock based on God's direction. And uh, he fights a large group of people. And he gets help from the, the two people closest to him to hold his hands up. I'm not going to give you all the details. Otherwise, we'd be here for a couple hours. The, they fight this battle. But in the midst of it, here's a verse that jumps out at me in terms of what we're talking about today. Chapter 17, verse 4. So Moses cried out to the Lord saying, What shall I do with this people? Meaning the Israelites. They are almost ready to stone me. Now, I want you to hear the heart of what's going on with Moses. As far as I see it, here's a guy that couldn't look upon God at the beginning. He was so afraid, and now he's saying, look what, I, look what you've done to me. What am I supposed to do with these people? Like he's having this authentic response, in my mind, to a situation that's a little bit frustrating and probably a little bit head-scratching, like, what am I supposed to do? He's being very direct. Why? Because he's feeling very comfortable, in my opinion, to have that kind of, ask that kind of question unto God. Now, you may be someone who's still in that place of, yeah, I'll get ahead of myself. I don't want to get ahead of myself. All right, so there we are. That's what the highlight from 17. And then we move into 18. And I camped here for a while. Exodus chapter 18, we're going we're gonna to talk about this situation. I want to share with you this picture of Jethro... Moses' father-in-law coming to visit Moses. Now, these, this group of people that's estimated at best of maybe about 2 million in the desert, 2 million people. That's a little bit more than what's in this room. They're following this guy and following, and following the, what God is doing and as he's leading them through the desert and the wilderness. I mean, they've got this pillar, this pillar of clouds. They've got the fire, all these things to lead them. They, they are seeing God's presence rest on Moses, they watch Moses regularly go and talk to God. They're seeing all this. They're seeing all this. And, and, and there is something coming for Moses. He doesn't know what it is, but he needs to make some changes in his life. And I'll tell you why this has been important to me, and I think it's important to you. Because sometimes change comes in a varying, varying ways. This one happens to be with Moses' father-in-law. I'm just glad I have three son-in-laws that love me, right? You love me, don't you? Yeah, one of them's here. <laughs> Moses loved his father-in-law. Now, I want you to catch something. We're going to read this. I want you to catch a few things, if you can, from chapter 18. We're going to start with verse 7 through 12, chapter 18. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, bowed down, and kissed him. You don't have to do that. And they asked each other about their well-being. And they went into the tent. And Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake, all the hardship that had come upon them on the way and how the Lord had delivered them. Then Jethro rejoiced for all the good which the Lord had done for Israel, whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord 
who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh, and who has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all the gods, for in the very thing in which they behaved proudly, he was above them. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and other sacrifices to offer to God. And Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. Now why is that such a big deal? Jethro was a priest of a different belief. He wasn't a priest that God assigned to be a priest for the God Almighty, Jehovah. He was a priest in another religion, another belief. And the Bible tells us that from the very beginning, when Moses met Jethro, at that time, he was a priest then too. 40 40 years plus. Now, why do I bring that up? Well, because sometimes God directs us through unlikely people. People that we may not agree with. People that we may not align with. People that you had Christmas dinner with. Oh, did I say that out loud? Sometimes when we are in the midst of people that we don't see that often, that we wonder if we're really going to have a wonderful dinner, have a great time together with family, whatever it is, we, we, God sets us up to understand something through that person. Does that make sense? I know that for a fact because I've seen it happen in my life, and I bet many of you have too, where you're like, oh, man, I'm so glad they came. I'm so glad I spent that time with my uncle because, God, you used him. Even though we don't see a lot of things the same, you used him. My dad was someone, I saw him all the time, but, man, God used him at times when he saw things from a totally different perspective. He didn't have it with Jesus first and family second and church, but he saw things a certain way that helped me understand that God used you with me? And so we discover more. Moses was about to hear from his father-in-law on some changes he needed to make. So first Jethro comes. Now they have a great relationship because you don't just run up and kiss your father-in-law unless you have a great relationship with him. They got along well. Commentators would say, you know, that Moses didn't need an outsider for Moses to change what he was doing. But he was about to get suggestions from Jethro. He spent time celebrating with Moses. Then he observed Moses for a day and what he was doing. What was Moses doing? He was spending his day dealing with people. Uh, You're next. Come on in. What's going on? Well, something's going on with my ox. Like, it's not doing well. You know, or I can't get my kid to to go to sleep at night in the tent. I don't know. I don't know what what went on. But it was day in, day out, Moses was meeting with people in need, trying to help them and shepherd them and care for them. And at the end of the day, Jethro basically said, hey, Moses, my dear son-in-law, this isn't working. You are going to burn out. You are going to be exhausted. I don't know how long you're going to be in the desert, but you're not going to make it paraphrased, but you're not going to make it. You're going to be exhausted. What did Moses do? Well, he listened to the suggestion of his father-in-law, who's a priest of a different faith, but he's got content that maybe Moses needed to hear. He said, hey, here's what you do. You need to find some capable men. Start breaking this down to groups of this size and this size and this size, and they'll deal with that. And the big stuff will come to you. Again, paraphrased. But if you read it, take the time, you'll see that. 
What did Moses do? He immediately, because of where it was coming from, someone he respected, he I'll do it. He immediately started making those changes. Well, what is, why, why was that so important to hear that from Jethro? Well, kind of important when you move forward to 19. And then into 20, because things were about to change for Moses. He was about to spend some time in God's presence to be told and instructed on what he was to do for the Israelites moving forward. And he went and spent time with God, and God said to him in verse 10 and 11 of chapter 19, then the Lord said to Moses, you know, he's spending time with God again. He's in his presence. He's, in his, he's up front and center with them. Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes, and let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Moses is about ready to lead a change, and now he's got bandwidth and space to do it. He's, he's focused on the big stuff. He's focused on the things that matter. You can disagree with me, but I'm just sharing with you how God's been speaking to me. And it's my, it's my story, and I pray that it'll resonate with you. What needs to change so you can focus on the right things? Moses was vital to moving the that God made with his people, his chosen people, to move it forward, to set them apart, to be the group of people that would make a difference. And so he had to change the way he lived his days, and he did. And he goes up on the mountain, he's told how to set, it, set things up, and then what does he deliver to the people? What does he bring to them? The Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. He brings them to them. Now, there's a lot that goes on after that, a lot. Listen, if you haven't spent much time in the Old Testament or specifically the book of Exodus, I would encourage you, if there's something you can do during these next 21 days of prayer and fasting, this isn't a bad place to land, I'm telling you. Not a bad place to land in Scripture. It is amazing. And when you think about what Moses, how he started and what he went through and where he landed at the end, is absolutely off the hook incredible. Incredible. He grew in his relationship with God. He was in his presence. He learned to build a relationship with God. He learned to speak his heart. He learned to be authentic. And God demonstrated how big and great he is. He was patient. He was he disciplined. He corrected. He took bad decisions and had and things happen for his glory out of it. Exodus is full of that. It is full of that. And we're going to come back to the application in a minute. But I want to jump ahead to Exodus 20, verses 18, starting with 18. Now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes. I wish I, wish I had sound effects right now. The sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. Then they said to Moses, you speak with us, and we will hear you, but let not God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said to the people, do not fear. See, Moses had grown in his relationship with God. He was fearful in the beginning. The Bible tells us he was afraid. But now he stands in front of millions and says, do not fear. I know that's scary. I understand. 
That is intimidating. It's going to be okay. That's the God we're following. That's the power of the God Almighty who loves you and is going to see you through. Do not fear. Little did they know what was coming. Amen? Little did they know what they were going to deal with, the battles they were going to fight, the things that they were going to address, the things that need to be done, and the mistakes that that group of people were going to make, like those people. I'll tell you, they had, some, they had pillars of clouds. They had fire. They had food coming down from heaven. They had everything they needed. And then Moses leaves for a little while, and what happens? He make a golden calf and start worshiping it. But that's another sermon. We're not going to talk about that today. Moses grew in his relationship with God because he spent time with him, because he made adjustments in his life to fulfill the calling and plan that God had for him. An amazing man in history, but not near as amazing as what God is up to for you and me. Not nearly as amazing. And we get direction and inspiration from God when we spend time in his presence. And I got to tell you, sometimes God has to get our attention. Amen? And this is where we transition into application. I want to share with you a little bit about what's going on. What, how God has spoken to me, and I pray it will be relatable to you. As you, many of you know, earlier this, actually earlier in December, I tested positive for COVID. And uh, a typical guy, I'm just a stereotypical guy, I thought, yeah, you know, uh, it, this was before I tested positive. I'm like, yeah, I'm just kind of feeling it a little bit. But then I, I realized that I'm not getting any better. Most importantly, my family realized I wasn't getting any better. And so um, after testing positive and still not getting better, uh, my, daughter called my, my, my daughter called my doctor, because that's how it works in my home. I don't usually call my doctor. Somebody that loves me usually calls. I don't expect it, but it's generally how it rolls. And my doctor called me and said, I think you really need to go to the emergency room. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not a fan of going to the emergency room. How about you? No, you need to change your thinking. These people love you because of their calling, and they want what's best for you, and they're going to care for you. And when I got there, I realized that. Okay, they don't love me, but they care about me. Okay? They care about me. Some of them loved me the longer I was there. Anyway, long story short, I was in the hospital for four days. I came in, and my oxygen level was 85%. It wasn't good. That's not good, if you don't know. It's not good. I left, it was 96%. That's good. They sent me home. They said, if you can keep 93% above for a day, we'll send you home. I'm like, I love it. Now, they never had to put me on oxygen. They never had to do those kind of things. Praise God. The Lord healed me. A ton of people prayed for me and lifted me up. And, and after a few days, man, I was going home. I'd never tasted such good food at the hospital, man. When they gave me my first meal, I'm like, that's not very much. But it tastes really good. And then by the time I got two-thirds of the way, I went, I can't finish this. I mean, it, I had COVID pneumonia, full, both lungs. I was hurting. I was coughing. I couldn't sleep at night at first. All night, coughed every minute. Boy, that food was good. Best food I've had in a long time. Until I got home, it was better. Honest, honey. And, <laughs> but in the time in that hospital, God showed up. And I realized he'd done this to me before. He showed up when I had time to rest and pause. Now, I really don't want to go to the hospital again. And I really don't want to get sick like that again, ever. But I want to know God's glory and grow in my relationship with him and be in his presence. I just don't want to have to go down that road to get there. 
And the Lord spoke to me, and there was a word that he hit me with that I'll never forget. He said, you need some clarity in your life. You need some clarity. What's most important to you? Where are you spending your time? I would say to you, is this the year for clarity for you? Is this the year where you pause and take time with God, not in a hospital room, heaven forbid, but in in the quietness of your life, don't be afraid to spend time with God. Some people are afraid to do that. They're afraid to slow down long enough because they may actually hear from the Lord. And far be it that we may hear something different than what we're doing now that we need to make some changes. Well, God reminded me what was most important. I had clarity. Like there wasn't anything I wanted more than to sense the presence of Jesus in my room. Nothing I wanted more. And I realized that that's the desire I should have all the time. When I wake up in the morning, I'm not perfect. These people weren't perfect. And Moses wasn't perfect. But God loved him. He continued to love him and lead him. And I realized that I don't have to be perfect to be in God's presence because I have Jesus, and Jesus is perfect, and he paid the price so that I could be in his presence. And when that reality hit for me, I went, I just want more of you, God. I want more clarity. And I know it's basic. I know it's simple. But friends, we need to hear it a lot. Why? Because the Bible's full of people that needed to hear it a lot. And God has a plan. And he said, Mark, I've got a plan, but first you've got to have clarity. You've got to have clarity in your relationships. You've got to look at what's most important and who's most important, starting with me, starting with your family. How do you value people, the people that matter the most, all the way from my wife and family, my kids and grandkids, all the way to the people that I come in contact with that I've met for the very first time and everybody in between? How are you going to respond to relationships in your life? How important are they going to be to you? I needed clarity for my calling. God needed to remind me in that bed when I was sleeping. I, I got four hours of sleep one night, and I thought, I, oh, it was awesome. I didn't cough. I had deep breaths, and I slept for four hours. It was amazing. And God said, now, clarity. Moses, 40 years, 40 years, 40 years. Mark, I know how old you are. I made you. Your life's not over. It has purpose and calling. He's, I put something there for you. He's put a calling and purpose on your life, on your life. You may think you're too old. You may think you're too young. You may think I haven't known Jesus long enough. You may think, I, I don't know what it's more does God have for me. I've, I've walked with him for 50 plus years. Doesn't matter. There's a calling and purpose for your life, for you. And I want to spend the rest of my life fulfilling that before he takes me to be with him in heaven. How about you? And if you think that that's what you desire that, then you've got to seek it. You've got to seek him. And if you already know what your calling is, then make sure you're doing it. Well, you don't know my life. Well, you don't know my life. I need to get in a hospital bed to get things figured out. How about you? I wasn't the way I wanted to do it. And he's brought clarity on how I was going to live differently. How are you and I going to live differently in 2022 and moving forward? Now, I'm not one for, I've read this a lot on social media, people have a word for the year. You ever seen that? People say, I've got, God's given me a word. That's not been me. 
Now for year after year after year, there's things I've wanted to do, and I've been making my New Year's resolutions up until this year, because God gave me this statement. And I'm going to share it with you. It's nothing, it's nothing earth-shattering. It's pretty simple. God told me I want you to eat less, rest more, and focus on people. Focus on others. That's simple. I need to eat less. Hmm. The other part of that is, is that there's things you should stop putting in your body. And once you drink a little bit more water every day. I mean, it was practical stuff, right? Because while I was in the hospital, man, I was drinking water like crazy. I was feeling so much better just from drinking so much water. It's so simple. And he said, you need to rest more. You can't go at the pace you've been going at. You need more sleep. Some of you are functioning on four hours or less or six hours. You need more sleep. I needed more sleep. I've slept eight hours every night until last night. When you get a call from your senior lead pastor at four in the afternoon, you don't get much sleep. But I got a decent amount, more than I usually used to get, right? I got to rest more. Some of us just need to rest more. And that rest isn't just physical rest. That rest is being in God's presence. Resting with the Lord. I haven't even been watching the time. Oh, my goodness. Resting with the Lord. And finally, focus on others. Focus on others. For some of us, that's easier than, than for other people. But that's, that's the direction for me moving forward are those things. And where's the, what's the, the clarity for the role of the church? Now, when things are calm long enough in your life and mine, it's amazing the thoughts that have been kind of buried or not been, they haven't had space for you to focus on. I got some clarity about abide and respond in daily grace. Now, I've been here five years, and I, I'm all in. I've been all in with Pastor Jesse and the elders on, on abiding and responding, abiding in Jesus, responding to the relationship I have with Jesus, and, and, and living it out, daily grace, living that out where I live, work, learn, and play. But there was clarity that came, and you're, this may not matter to you, but i got to share it, because it changed, it rocked my world. I mean, the next nurse that came in, she said, ooh, I never met her before. She comes in, she goes, what's going on? I said, what are you talking about? It's so good to see you. I'm smiling. I, well, Mr. Edwards, I'm just coming in to flush out your IV. I said, no, that's great. I'm so glad you're here. She said, ooh, what's going on? I said, oh, I'm just, I'm just so blessed. Oh. She's like, I can feel it like that, right? It's simple, but it was amazing for me. Abide and respond. See, we're supposed to abide and respond. God's called us to grow in our relationship with him. And then to respond to that, to love others, to exhibit daily grace. And, and that happens no matter whether we come to church or not. That's the way we're called to live. And the church has a role. See, there's what happens at home, and there's what happens at the church. And they should go together. Like we should be living our lives and desiring to, be, to know more and become more like Jesus and to share that with the world around us where we live, work, learn, or play. Where's the church falling at? Well, it just hit me. This room, the church's responsibility in this room is to inspire and help us abide in a deeper way, to be drawn into Jesus' presence in this room. This is the, I'm going to call this for me the room of abiding. The music should draw us towards the Lord. The Holy Spirit lean, help, makes us lean into him, to worship him, to abide in his presence, to abide. You know what happens out those doors? 
Everybody that serves and every conversation that happens anywhere in this building, outside this room, is an opportunity to share, to give and receive daily grace. We welcome people for the first time at those doors. We answer their questions. We take care of somebody who's wandered in off the street that needs a hot cup of coffee. I've seen it happen. You do, people do it every week. We do it every week. That's the zone where daily grace is experienced here at church. Why? It should be an example and a model for us when we live it out. See, outside the doors, like outside on the doors, on the inside of the doors, as we walk out, in my head, I'm always going to see the word respond with a question mark. How am I going to respond out there to the calling God's put in my life? How am I going to respond? Because out there is where we respond and live out daily grace. And the church should be a place where we inspire that and help people grow in that. We abide, we live out daily grace, and, and what we experience here motivates us to respond the same way out in the world. Makes sense to me. How about you? Yeah, I'll write it down if you want it, but I know, you know, some of you may not remember it. But for me, I'll never forget it. I needed it. God needed to show up and say, this is what I've called you to do. This is what you need to change in your life. Here's the clarity you need. Some of you need clarity for the year moving forward. Some of you need clarity. I was so grateful to get it. I just wish I hadn't had to have it there. And I need to wrap up. And I'm searching through my handwritten notes to get to the right page. The bottom line is this. This isn't about what you do. It's not about Moses. It's not about you and me. It's about us responding to the God that loves us. I don't know what, I do have some application that real quick I want to share with you. Oh, it's only, it's only 10 o'clock. Forgive me for rattling my notes up here. Let me ask you this. What are the obstacles for you? What inhibits you from being closer and growing closer to God in your relationship with Jesus? What is it? Don't be afraid. I mean, I know there's a lot of things going on right now. I've, I get the texts. I talk to people. There's stuff going on, some heavy stuff. Sometimes those things push us away from God. Lean into him in times like this. He's there for you. What's the obstacle? What's the thing in your life that if, if you really were resting before the Lord, you'd hear him confirm what you already know? What needs to be tweaked? What needs to be eliminated? First and foremost, do you know him? You're watching online or you're in this room, do you know him? Do you know Jesus personally? See, he's the one that is the reason we can be close to God. He's the reason we can have hope in a difficult world. He's the reason that we can address moving forward and trusting him in our situations and know that he's got the best for us. He's the reason. And if you don't know him, simply come to him and ask him to come into your life. God, I, I need your son Jesus. I need, I need that relationship. I need to know that my future is set, that my eternity is set. That's where it starts, to know him. And then what changes need to be made? Like, like Moses, he, he got it from an unlikely source. 
But there was changes you need to make. What changes do you need to make? I know it's not an easy word to hear. Changes, it's, I'm constantly working on changing things for me. It seems like I look back on my life and I think, God, you're consistent. You're showing me where I need to change, what I need to adjust. But you know where you're more consistent? You never give up on me. You're always there. Since 15 years old, you've never left me. You've never left me. He'll never leave you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you need to change. God is there. Jesus is right there with you. What is it for you today? What is it for you today? Why don't you bow your heads. Let's pray for a moment before the band comes back up and leads us in a closing song. You know, we're coming in this time of prayer and fasting. And it really, fasting is really about sacrifice and change. It's about giving something up. It's about spending more time, God, with you. And so I pray that as we step in this together as a church family, Lord, that you would help us. That you would be there for us to lead us, to give us clarity. Whether it's a, an experience that's right there, obvious with you, where your presence shows up or whether it's someone else or circumstances that lead us into a better understanding and give us the clarity. Whatever it may be, God, we, uh, we want to commit these next 21 days together, God. We're going to commit these next 21 days to seek you, to seek you earnestly, to pray deliberately, to sacrifice and make changes in our daily lives, to fast, whether that's food or, or, or something else a meal, a snack, whatever it may be, so that we are intentionally making more time for you, putting you first. Father, I pray for my friends that are in front of me, those online. God, if there's something in the way, would you just show them that you love them, remind them by the power of your Holy Spirit that it's not gonna change anything on how you feel about them when they confess it, like you are so ready to just be there for them, to forgive them and to help them move forward in the plan and purpose you have for them. God, there's some that there's something that's uh, deeper and so secretive that um, literally there's no one else that walks this planet that knows it except themselves and you. And so in this moment, if that's you, would you confess it? Would you hand it over to him? Maybe it's that same thing that's happened consistently in your life. And today is the day of like, I'm done. I'm done. Whatever that may be, God, I pray that we would have the courage to take that step. Because God, what it'll lead us to, like Moses, into a deeper understanding, we'll be able to see your glory, we'll be in your presence, we'll, we'll develop that relationship that helps us experience your presence in our lives in a deeper way. And our best years may be still ahead. I believe they are. As a Christ follower for our families and for this church, Father, we want to make the adjustments that help us live a life of daily grace in ways that we never have before to make a difference in this community and around the world. But it starts with us, God. May we be those kind of people today. We will not fear because you are so evident in our daily life. We love you. 
and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Yo, subscribe to YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> subscribe to this channel.